This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WFAN, WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York, always live on the free Odyssey app. So the Giants press conference is underway. Let's get out there. Joe Shane at the mic. Players together and, you know, again, start to develop that culture and camaraderie uh, amongst the team. And I thought that carried over to our fast start early in the season. You know, the start we got off to was was good. Um, I think some of the positives were some young players got to experience success that maybe they haven't in the past and how you handle that. And then we had a little bit of a lull, I would say, after, you know, the bye week. And, you know, also allowed some of our young players to learn how to, you know, overcome adversity and steady the ship. And we did that down the road and we were able to win a playoff game. And a lot of young players were able to get uh, playoff experience. So all in all, I think a lot of those lessons learned throughout the season, you know, will hopefully continue to um, help us moving forward. You know, the foundation has been set. And, you know, again, I think some of those experiences that the players were able to uh, go through this year will just allow us to, to build moving forward. So, with that being said, uh, you know, I'll open up to questions. Joe, you plan on uh, re-signing Daniel? Uh, we, we'd like Daniel to be here. Again, he, he said it yesterday. There's, there's a business side to it, but um, we feel like Daniel played well this season. He's done everything that we asked him to do. And, you know, again, there, there's a business side to it. We, we haven't went down that road yet. Um, you know, we still got to have our meetings with our staff late in the week, and uh, we'll devise an off-season plan. But we, we haven't had those meetings yet, but uh, we would like to have Daniel Jones back. Joe, Joe, ha- having said that, when did you know? I mean, you and Dave came in and had to do your due diligence and see what you had in Daniel and everybody else. When did you make the decision, both of you guys, this guy's our guy to move forward with? Yeah, I don't know if there was necessarily an aha moment or anything like that. We've just continued to evaluate him throughout the season and, you know, what the coaches were asking him to do. And, you know, he was executing the game plans. And Dave's and I communicate on a, on a daily basis, um, you know, not just Dave's and I, but the offensive staff and what they're asking him to do. And uh, he continued to prove out throughout the season. So I don't know the exact date or time when we're like, Dan- Daniel's our guy, but we're pleased with how we played this season. Joe, obviously, Joe, obviously your other big contract is Saquon. Um, is that somebody also you would like to keep? And is the franchise tag a possibility with you? Yeah, we, again, this, this is a special team. To me, it was my first year. We, we'd like to have all the guys back. I really would. But there's, there's a business side to it. And, you know, there's rules that you need to operate under in terms of the salary cap. And, you know, Saquon's, he's a good player. He's a great teammate. You know, I love, to get to, I love getting to know him this season. And, you know, he's a guy we would like to have back. It's just, again, we haven't had, you know, our, our end-of-season meetings yet. We're less than 48 hours after that game. So everybody's going to step back, you know, take the emotion out of it, evaluate the roster. And then, again, there's we've got to operate under a salary cap. How are you going to divvy up how, how we're going to create the roster? Um, what are the priority positions and how we're going to move forward? But, you know, we, we would like to have Saquon back if, if it works out. Joe, do you overachieved as a ball club? And do you think – Having sustained success is really what, what you're going for most of all here. And is there a possibility that a team, if they did overachieve, could take a step backwards along the way to getting where you want to go? 
Well, that's, that's a good question. I, I wouldn't say we overachieved. I think Dave's did a good job along with his staff of like focus on the process, not necessarily the results. And they came in on a weekly basis and focused on the process. And then they saw the, you know, the, the dividends, you know, came on Sunday. So um, I think there was a lot of good football players on our team. I think there was a lot of good teammates. Um, maybe we weren't the most talented, but we did have a good team. And guys cared about each other. Um, you know, the culture was good. And, you know, the process was that we had in place. Uh, again, I think the dividend showed on Sundays. Joe, when you, when, you say, when you say you want Daniel back, ideally, would you like that to be a long-term deal or a multi-year deal? Yeah, we're going to get into all that. I, again, it takes two, you know, both sides got to have those conversations. We haven't, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. So um, there's tools at our disposal. Um, again, we'll go through several scenarios. It's kind of like I mentioned it last year and, Maybe it was at the combine, but the if-then scenarios, you know, you got to go through all those because you don't know, um, you know, how things are going to fall because it's negotiated. And this is why you love the draft. You turn in the card, they're yours. You know, you know what the contract structure is. You know the years. Um, you know, this is where there's two parties involved, and, you know, it's going to be time-consuming. But, um, you know, we'll get together as a staff. We'll, we'll talk through the different options and, you know, have those discussions when it's appropriate. When do you plan to start those negotiations with agents about an extension? Is there any urgency to get it done before that tag deadline to try and lock one of those guys in? Yeah, we haven't discussed that yet. So, again, we're going we're gonna to meet as a staff on Thursday. You know, we got all-star games coming up. You know, the last couple of days have been a lot of, you know, we did exit meetings yesterday with, with the entire football team, um, you know, each player individually, you know, working on calendars, you know, as we move forward the next couple of weeks, you know, so we mirror personnel calendar with the coaches and uh, we'll have those meetings on Thursday and those will continue through the weekend. Joe, with Saquon, how do you view running back positional value versus he's also, other than Daniel, your best playmaker? Listen, Saquon's done everything we've asked him to do and he's, he's a good football player. Again, like uh, the positional value, we'll, we'll get into you know, how we want to build this team and allocate our resources. And that's, that's what it comes down to. So, again, he, he's, he's a good football player. Um, he was durable for this, this year. Uh, he, he played well. And, you know, again, he's, he's a guy that we'd like to have back. How do you view your cap, Joe, um, in terms of the cap? Would you like to do something to lower Leonard Williams' cap number? Uh, we haven't discussed that yet. I, I like his quote yesterday. I, I just saw that before I came down here that he'd be interested in taking a pay cut. Uh, you guys did a good job on that. Whoever asked him that, I, pre- I, I got it. He didn't mention that in the uh, exit interview with us, but. You uh, redid the deal, and the numbers are really high. So um, it's not like you have no cap space, but what's your comfort level with a number that high, just in general? Yeah, we'll talk about that again. Like, there's there's several options that we got to go through the entire roster. We have a lot of UFAs. Um, we have guys that you know, are good players that have, you know, contracts on the horizon. So that's all part of the planning that, that we'll go through. And, again, we just got to, you know, talk about how we want to divvy it up and prioritize uh, different areas. And if, if we need to open up money, like, we won't rule that out. Joe just said we may not have been the most talented, but we were a team, right? Um, do you now look ahead after your first year and think, okay, now we are one of the more talented teams. We can do a lot more with this. You know me, I take it day by day. I think it's uh, year by year. Every team is different. You know, just because you won one year doesn't guarantee you anything the next year relative to you know, what players you have, what players you don't have. I mean, you take a look at the 2000 and what last year's playoffs, I think seven of them didn't make the playoffs the following year. Uh, the two top seeds had losing records. So I think what our goal will always be just get better each day. You know, try to put the best uh, team we can together. Um, you know, work at it each day, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, you know, I appreciate, like Joe said, all the people that had a hand in in this year. Uh, obviously, didn't end up where we wanted to end up, but uh, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of uh, energy. It took a lot of people um, in all areas of our building. So that's, you know. Off-season starts, you know, started the day after, you know, we lost, unfortunately, but that's where we're at and um, do the best job we can of building up our team the best way we can, our organization, and then going out there and taking it day by day. And Joe said that, you know, he wants Daniel back. Um, obviously, that was, you guys have talked about this a lot. Um, why do you want Daniel back, and why do you think he can take this team, you know, get another trophy with this, if you do think he can? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I've said it all year. He's done everything that we've asked him to do. Um, as an offensive staff, 
and he's done a really good job with you know operating and executing our offense. I think he's made strides in a lot of different areas. Uh, certainly, we can all make strides in more, but he's you know he's been a good leader for us. Uh, he's played the quarterback position well for us, and you know I'm happy we had him. Joe, how much does it change? Joe, how much does it change everything in regards to team building that you have a quarterback, and if, assuming you're able to resign him, and you're not. You don't have to then at that point go find a quarterback or draft a quarterback. Use those resources elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think it really changes. I mean, it doesn't really change what we're going to do. We still got to draft well. We want to be in good cap health. Um, we're in a unique situation that we have some players that are um, upcoming, you know, that were drafted here previously before we came here that played well. So, again, it just comes down to, you know, how we want to divvy it up. You know, again, the money and the resources that we have along with the draft. Again, we're still trying to build this. Um, things so we can sustain it. And again, but I think you had to trade up and up to get Josh, right? So you had to put a lot yeah, of Yeah, every situation is different. Right. I know you want to make the parallels with here in Buffalo. We made the playoffs the first year. I mean, every situation is unique and different. And, you know, there were different uh, factors that played into that. Um, and, you know, again, I, I just, I think Daniel played well enough this year. He, you know, we'd like to have him back. And, you know, again, we, we have some difficult off-season decisions to make and uh, how we're going to go about those. So I look forward to getting to work on that here you know, Joe, by the end of the week. Joe, on Saquon, when you try to determine his financial value, how much do you factor in character and contribution to culture as opposed to talent when it comes to that evaluation? Yeah, I mean, that's, if, if that wasn't important, we probably wouldn't be approaching him. So that's, that's kind of a starter for us. You know, if you're a good teammate, you're a culture fit for how we want to do things, that's where we go to those players, but then we don't factor in it. You know, when you're making comps, like it's hard to put a value on that. I mean, that's important, but you can look at how many yards, touchdowns, Pro Bowls, games played, games missed. You know, those are more, um, you know, markers that we can establish value on, but uh, we, we wouldn't approach him or look to sign a guy if they didn't fit our culture, if we didn't think so. How close were you with him? How close were you with him? Did you consider you guys close when you guys had the discussions? Yeah, the conversations and it just, you know, we we were we were off on the the value and you know again we we said we would circle back up at the end of the season and continue those conversations but you know that time of year we we weren't really that close I didn't think. Joe, when you talk about you have to make decisions about allocating resources, does it give you any pause that you see these big second contracts for running backs kind of haven't panned out generally across the league? Yeah, I wouldn't say all of them haven't panned out, but yeah, I mean there's. There's a um, a risk to any you know big contract. I mean anybody can go out there and get hurt at any position. So um, I think that's the risk reward. The good thing about um, you know I feel extending people in house. You know their work ethic. You know their durability. You know their injury history. You know how they train. You know how they practice. So um, in terms of eliminating some of the margin for error, it's a known commodity. You're listening to the State of the Giants with Joe Shane and Brian Dayball live here on the Fan. That with Diggs and Buffalo, Jalen Hurts with AJ Brown. If Daniel Jones is a quarterback, whoever's under center, how much of a priority is it to get a wide receiver that you can pair to continue that evolution? Yeah, I think we want to continue to build the entire team. Again, I, I know, you know, a number one wide receiver can be important, but there's some number one wide receivers that are home right now. I mean, I could go. You can go through this past weekend. You can go through a couple weekends ago in the playoffs. Like a number one receiver doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, I think it's important that we continue to build the team, and there's there's multiple plays, uh, positions where we want to upgrade throughout the offseason. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a number one wide receiver, but you know we got to place value on everything we do, and if it makes sense, um, you know that's something we'll look to do. What are your biggest weaknesses? Yeah. What do you think your weaknesses are? Yeah, we're, we're going to go through that with the coaches again. We're we're going to talk we're going to talk through all that. We're going we're going to step back, take the emotion out of it, evaluate the roster, and you know again I. We'll, we'll come up with how we want to approach the offseason and where we need to improve. Brian or Joe, Brian or Joe, or both. Uh, what do you make of your rookie class, your first draft, and just your entire rookie class? What do you think about it? And, I mean, was it what you wanted it to be? Yeah, I mean, I, li I like the guys we brought in. I think, um, you know, there's some ups and downs, which you're always going to have with rookie classes. You know, I think. Kayvon, you know, he got injured in that Cincinnati game in the preseason and then, you know, kind of got healthy throughout the season and hit his stride. Um, Evan, same deal, had some ups and downs and, you know, battled through injury. Um, you know, Wandell was, was 
you know, really coming along. He had, you know, over 100 yards through three quarters in the Detroit game. So, um, you know, he'd have been a big time contributor, you know, especially down the stretch if he'd have stayed healthy. So, um, again, a lot of contributions without going through, you know, Flott made some big plays, made a big play in the Minnesota game. Um, you know, has a high ceiling. We're excited about him. Azudu started some games um, and then got injured. I guess, you know, when these guys get healthy, you know, again, next year, I think, again, that's going to provide depth, and some of those guys are going to compete for starting spots. Um, you know, Bellinger, we thought, you know, had a really good season. Again, he, he got injured. I think they all got injured except McFadden at some point, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, Dane Belton, same deal. I mean, uh, when he was out there, he played well, had two interceptions for us. Um, you know, DJ Davidson, unfortunately, had an ACL in London, but was a contributor in a rotational role. Uh, Beavers in the preseason, you know, he was competing to start at Mike. Um, excited to see him when he comes back. Um, and then Marcus McKeithen was having a really good camp for us uh, before tearing his ACL. So um, when healthy, I think there's going to be some really good contributors out of the class as far. Um, and then some other guys that will be really good depth players for us. But smart, tough, dependable players that uh, we're happy we have. Dexter Lawrence done enough to earn a second contract? Who? Dexter Lawrence. Has he done enough to earn a second contract? Should you pay him this <laughs> Yeah, I would say Dexter's done enough to – Again, we want all of our guys back. We want them to be here for a long time. Dexter played well, and you know we got him under the fifth-year option, and that'll be part of our, uh, you know, end-of-season review in terms of how we want to approach that. But yeah, Dexter played really well. Great person, uh, great teammate. Happy he's here. I mean, you have him under contract, but I presume you'll sit down and talk with him about a deal, right? If you presume. I don't know. Like, well, we're going to talk about it here in the future, and then again, it goes back to we're going to have we have the certain cap space, and we have certain tools at our disposal, and we'll figure out how we want to utilize them. Joe, you have that cap space now that you, you are a little bit more financially healthier, significantly more financially healthy than you were last year. Do you plan on being aggressive in, in the free agent market? Is that somewhere where you're going to now look to really infuse this roster with talent that way? Yeah. Again, it's it's going to. Based on our own, I mean, we got some guys that are good players that are currently UFAs that we need to, you know, again, these are known commodities in-house um, that we know intimately from being with, with with them for a year. And, you know, we'll see who we want to bring back throughout these meetings and, you know, what their market value is going to be based on our analysis. And, you know, again, if we can bring some of our own back, we will mix with guys outside the building. We'll look at that. But, um, you know, ideally to me, um, the known commodities that are good football players that you know, you know that's going to be our priority first, and then we'll look outside the building if we need to to supplement the roster. Joe, in some ways, is taking that next step a bigger challenge for a football team, i.e., going from a, a playoff team to a true contender? Is it a bigger step in some ways? Um, you're saying from, from, from you know, from going from, from taking the team from where you were a, a difficult situation and making the playoffs. Is it harder to go from the next step from being a playoff team to? Truly contending for a title. Yeah, I think what Dave said. Each year is different. Each year is different. Each team's different. Um, you know, the, the players that we lose, the players that we bring in. Um, we'll just, you know, again, we we like our process. You know, whether it's free agency, draft, um, waiver wire. You know, in terms of improving the roster, we're always going to look to do that. And you know, I think I got a lot of confidence in our coaching staff and, and the personnel staff that um, we'll continue to you know improve the roster any way we can. And again, the every season's different. So. Joe, do you think um, ownership still has patience for a long-term build and process, or do you think your success this year may have accelerated expectations from the ownerships? Yeah, we, we haven't really talked specifically about that. Uh, I'm in constant communication with, with John, Chris, Steve, um, about what we're thinking and what the plan is and where we are, and um, you know, that hasn't come up. Ryan, you told me this year. Was, sorry, please. Was it challenging at all this year for you that you had your plan set? And but similar to what Pat said, if ownership wanted it accelerated, did you have to kind of hold firm on some of the things that you believed in and not accelerate the plan based on what you were seeing, maybe in the standings, record-wise, or even on the field? Yeah, I think it goes back to. I mean, almost my opening co you know, press conference was, you know, we wanted to see progress. You know, the question was, what's a successful season? We wanted to see progress. And, you know, I, th I think you saw that throughout the season. And, um, again, you know, credit to my personnel staff. They were relentless in terms of, you know, beating up the waiver wire and, you know, waiver claims and practice squad and um, did a really good job. But, again, to your point, like we had to honestly evaluate the roster, whether it was the trade deadline or not. And, you know, you know, I don't believe in the, you know, you're one player away. You know, I think it's truly a two team game. And, you know, that's where we were and the holes that we had. 
um, I thought it was best just to uh, stay pat where we were. And, you know, again, we, were able, we have nine picks going into next year's draft. Uh, we do have a little bit more financial flexibility. And I, I just, you know, as a group, we thought that was the best thing to do. Brian, you called the loss to the Eagles a crash landing. How do you balance the success of the regular season with the disappointment of that playoff game in evaluating the entire season? I think you just take a step back. You, you, you give the coaches some time to evaluate uh, the players, and then we'll have time to evaluate the things that we've done, um, whether that's scheme, personnel, decisions. You just take a step back. You know, fortunately, I've... Unfortunately, I've been involved in eight playoff losses, so um, 24 wins, and uh, each year's different. Each year is a different year, you know. It's different than it was you know, 30 years ago. Each year is you come in here, you know, in April 17th for the off-season program, and uh, when you ask the new guys to stand up, it'd be dang near half the room. So, you know, what we've tried to build is our foundation, uh, how we meet, how we practice, how we prepare, how we travel our mindset going into games, um, and you have you know, guys that have been on the roster or on the roster that are coming back that can help facilitate that with the new players that are coming in, because every year is a new year. Uh, the, the, the team we had this year, it'll be different next year, um, and that's just the NFL. So how you build the chemistry with the team is important. It starts, you know, it starts in April, so it's a, you know, you're glad you have some of the players that you're going to have coming back. Uh, but certainly you're going to have a lot of new players, whether that's draft picks, free agent, different guys. And, you know, everybody's got to, you know, come together again and start building, you know, the team for the next season. Brian, you anticipate know, any changes to your coaching staff and kind of a part two to that? You have to at least prepare for the potential of replacing a coordinator if they, you know, if they get a head job? Yeah, like I've said all season, I, I have a lot of confidence in our guys. Um, they've done a great job, and women um, on our staff. You know, when you have these interviews that come up, and I've been part of them the last three seasons, you always have to have a plan because you never know what's going to happen um, if Wink gets a job, if Kaka gets a job. So then you have to go through the whole process. The good thing about, you know, being here for the second year is you have a lot of people in place that, again, go back to what I said about the players, kind of know how we do things. So as I'm sitting up there with LY and going through calendars and, OTA practices and when the offseason starts and self-scout and you know we, we do a lot of things last year was the first time we all did it to uh, together this this will be the second time so a little bit more smooth. Joe do you think there's a big gap between the Giants and the two teams that remain standing in that NFC? Um, yeah we, I mean I know Philly more intimately and yeah I would say yes yeah, there's a talent gap there that we need to we need to close, and that's to me it's the NFC East. I mean, we're one five and one against the NFC East, and if if you win the division, the rest takes care of itself. So that's always going to be a goal of ours, um, you know, to close that gap and you know be NFC East champs. So that's that's the goal, and that's what we're going to work towards. Joe, you had a lot of restrictions on on you when you came in last year financially. You know, with with the team, you you were putting together a staff. Things are. A little more stable now going into this off. How much have you been looking forward to this offseason and, and really getting your hands on this roster and doing it the way you wanted to do it? Yeah, I didn't want the season, Dan. I'll tell you that. So yeah, um, you know that was. I think Dave saying a crash landing. That's that's right. I mean, still driving in this morning. It, it still hurts, but um, yeah. I mean, you, you just you just have more flexibility. There were times in season where there were maybe some veteran players that we wanted to sign that would have helped us, and we just we 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 weren't able to do it. You know, there was. That that part stinks throughout the season because we we could have helped the roster, but uh, just didn't have the flexibility. So yeah, it's definitely um, you know to you know to have financial flexibility, nine draft picks, um, to be able to you know devise a plan where you have a little bit more flexibility and resources. I'm definitely more excited. You know, I'm definitely excited about that. For both of you, um, picking up on the Philly theme with the two competitive games between the two of you, how much did the trenches? How much did the line of scrimmage? matter in both of those games where it certainly seems like Philly has more guys at that level, more of a rotation at those levels to some degree, and, and just were better, you know, in that part of the game. Yeah, no, it's, I think you asked that after the game too. Um, they have a good defensive line, a good offensive line. Uh, everything starts up front. Um, you know, we certainly could have done a better job too, but give them credit. Uh, they have, you know, they have good players on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think we have good players, um, but they just they played better and did better than we did.
Joe, um, how was that dinner with Odell Beckham? And is he a player you're going to revisit going into the spring? Yeah, the dinner was good. And uh, I mean, we're going to consider, again, when we have this offseason meeting, um, every position, who's available, who are the players that are potential that we could sign. And you know, again, we'll devise the plan from there. But that, that's kind of where we are right now. So what's your opinion of this free agent class in general? Uh, the UFA class? Yeah. Again, you can look at it today, and it's going to change by the time we get there. Because a lot of times, the good players that are UFAs end up staying with their team. So we're working through that now. We'll start our free agent meetings next week, um, devise a plan in terms of the players that maybe we want to target. But um, there's definitely some players out there that would help us. Do you think free agency is more of a tool to build a team than it was maybe 10, 5, 10 years ago? That it's more I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It can be. It can be. If you get the right guys and they're durable and, you know, again, because typically when you're signing outside your building, you know, you're, you're paying those guys a little bit of money. You know, if they stay healthy and produce at the level, then, then yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tool um, that we used before. Obviously, the, the draft and develop and, like I was saying earlier, with – players in your system already in your building you know them like you can't really do a lot of research on some players that are with different teams or you don't know their work ethic or their injury history so you know again I think when you're making those financial decisions you have intimate knowledge of the players I think there's less margin for error you know in-house. Julian Love one of the I know you're not going to go down the whole list but he's a guy culture you know him he stayed healthy did a lot of different things Um, Brian has always said some good things about him see a guy you look at and say yeah he's he's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Again, we'd like to have a lot of these guys back. It's just um, as we go through this and we talk to the representatives, he's a guy I know he mentioned it yesterday um, that we talked to in the bye week, and and um, you know we weren't able to get something done with Julian, but Julian knows how we feel about him. We had a good exit interview with him yesterday, and um, again, as we start to you know go down the offseason planning, you know we'll talk to the coaches, we'll see where he fits in, and you know if we can get something done, it'll be that'll be good. Uh, Sterling Shepard, the role that he could have going forward. I mean, he's been a guy that's been around forever. And Brian, you've talked about the impact that he's had for the team culture. Good for me. Yeah. yeah. Love Shep. He's awesome. Juice guy all the time. Uh, one of my favorites here. So, yeah, just we'll, we'll continue to monitor his rehab. You know, coming off the ACL, he had the Achilles before. Um, he's been a tremendous resource around here for us. Um, you know, he's a guy we'll talk about as well, you know, at the end of the week and continue to communicate with the training staff, Ronnie Barnes and those guys on, on where he is from that standpoint, when he'll be healthy enough to play. And, again, that's something that, you know, we may or may not entertain. Did either of your guys' opinions on Xavier change? because of the circumstances of his injury and, and how that happened. Does, does he, you know, you, you saw him as a, a cornerstone moving forward. Did that, did that change at all? No, not, 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 not for us. I mean, he's a young man that made a mistake. And to me, really, initially, it was more, you know, it wasn't about football. It was more about his well-being as a young man. And we've got younger kids. Dave's has some older than me. But we all make mistakes, and we've got to learn from it. And, you know, our biggest – for us, it was just about supporting Xavier through that. And, you know, again, he, he fought to get back. 
Um, you know, the football was secondary when we got the call, and you know, I'm just glad that he was able to play again. And he's a great kid that you know we look forward to working with. Joe, how married are you to what you believe a player is worth in your walkaway number compared to when sometimes you're in negotiations and the market value can you know, exponentially change how much a player is going to get? Yeah, no, I think that's that's something. Our staff they do a great job, and we talk about it all the time. Like, what's the walk away? We come we we come up with a walk away, and you have to be comfortable because, you know, to use the term I use around the draft: you shop hungry, you overpay, it's a bad deal, and then you get buyer's remorse. So, um, it's important for agency to to come up with the proper value where you see them as a staff and the value, um, and where it fits into your salary cap and your team. And then I think it's smart to have a walk away number. Joe, do you view Daniel as a quarterback who can help you win a Super Bowl? We're happy Daniel's going to be here. We're happy he's going to be here. Hopefully we can get something done with his his representatives, and that would be the goal, to build a team around him where he could you know, lead us to win the Super Bowl. So you're saying he's going to be here next year? We're going to have these off-season meetings here at the end of the week, and we're going to talk about it. And then with the resources we have, we're going to talk to his representatives and hopefully be able to get something done. Um, to go off the first question. Joe, you were 22-59 before you got here. The Giants were 22-59 in the five years that preceded you guys getting here. Why do you believe this team turned the corner this year? Whew. That's, a, that's a good question. A lot of factors. I mean, again, the, you know, I said at the first press conference, the cupboard wasn't bare. There were some talented players here, um, really good coaching staff. They did a really good job. Uh, throughout the season as we continue to, you know, whether it was draft, free agency, waiver wire, improve the roster, our practice squad. And, you know, we were able to um, create a good culture where the, the players were able to be themselves. And, you know, the coaching staff, you know, did a good job maximizing the talent of the roster uh, on a weekly basis. So a lot, of, a lot of credit goes to, you know, Dave's and his staff. Joe, uh, from your vantage point, what, is, what, do you, what do you view as the reason for the injuries in the first half early season and uh, have you already commissioned any kind of study or evaluation on how to improve that? Yeah, we're working through that. Um, specifically, you know, my, the rookie class, you know, is it is it young players coming in, you know, the onboarding process, are we doing that right? Um, we're going we're gonna to turn over every leaf to figure that out because, you know, healthy players give us the best chance to win. And, you know, we had some ACLs this year. We had some MCLs, uh, you know, stingers. So um, we are. We'll do a deep dive in the offseason and, you know, do whatever we can to try to improve that. You know, that way we can be the healthiest we can. Joe, at, some, at what point do you close the book on 2022? Or is it something that's fluid and that you're constantly working on last year, building towards the future and that? Um, it's pretty much close. Yeah, it's pretty much closed other than, you know, evaluating the roster off of the 2022 season. But we already kind of know what lies ahead. You know, we talked to our UFAs and everybody yesterday. So now it's, you know, to me, it's, you know, all-star games are coming up. you got East-West games, senior combine meetings, free agency meetings. You know, there's there's no vacation. You know, we got to keep moving forward and, you know, devise that plan for the offseason. Joe, do you? A few more. Joe, do you, uh, Daryl mentioned Dex, but there's other guys with one year left who – seem like reasonable extension candidates. Do you simultaneously negotiate with them or are the UFAs priority because they don't have a year left? Yeah, UFAs will probably probably be the priority early on, but we'll also factor those in. Again, we'll look at it holistically, um, you know, who's under contract for 23, 24, you know, and so on. And again, we're not just planning for the 2023 offseason. You know, we're looking down the line at 24 and 25 as well. What's on the horizon? You know, how will this affect us moving forward? Um, so we're going through a bunch of different scenarios, um, and we'll continue to do that, you know, again, at the end of the week and throughout the weekend. This would be for uh, Joe and James. How much further along are you in the process, looking ahead now to the next season, coming off of what you just did rather than last year? Joe, I think you just got the job two, you know, two days ago, a year ago, and Dave's hadn't been hired yet. <coughs> Do you think that is an advantage that you can actually move towards 2023 with everything that you have at your disposal rather than trying to catch up? Yeah, we talked about the other day. Once we got through the exit interviews yesterday, we've pretty much been through a calendar year, you know, the football calendar year together. Um, so, you know, the coaches' evaluations of UFAs, the coaches' evaluation of our roster, we, you know, all-star games, we've been through all this stuff. So the process is in place. You know, everybody that's here right now is, has been a part of that. So. Uh, there's clarity in terms of what we want from our staff, what you know, Dave's and his staff wants from us. So, yeah, the, the, the transition into this offseason will be much smoother. Joe, I spent a lot of time talking about are you going to sign him, are you going to sign 
Is there anybody who said, look, you're not coming back? <laughs> uh, no, we, we didn't have those conversations yesterday. Yeah, no, we didn't. It's <laughs> a good question, though. <laughs> that gap that exists between you and the Eagles and the other Super Bowl contenders, do, given your roster and cap situation, do you think it's possible to close that gap in one year, or is it likely to take longer than that? We're going to try to do the best we can. We're always going to try to be better, you know, roster, players, whatever it may be, resources around here, whatever it is. Anything that we can do that's best interest of the, the franchise and is going to make us better, we're going to do. Can't put a time frame on that, but, you know, we're going to be relentless in the pursuit of, you know, building a championship team here. You basically just cleared that, that you didn't make any big signs. And you're going to potentially commit to guys big money long term. They're going to sort of define your tenure. Like, have you – how do you view that? Is that a is that a big difference? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's again the resources that are available are different than last year. Um, I think again the advantage of being around the players for a year, you know who they are, you know how they work, um, and again, yeah, just having more flexibility. It's it's different from that standpoint. Um, as to you know defining my tenure and all, I'm not really worried about that. We're just we're trying to do the best we can with what we have to to build a championship team, or you know where we can sustain success. Ryan, last one. Last one. As a team, what do you feel like you guys specifically need to do to be a better team? Not name the players or anything, but just as a team, what areas uh, do you feel like you need to improve on? Yeah, that's kind of what Joe talked about. We'll we'll dive into that as a coaching staff here. We'll spend a lot of time on self scout and process things we can improve on. Um, whether that's night before meetings, whether that's practice, whether that's situational play calls, techniques, drills. I think that's, you know, you closed the chapter on last season, but you need to figure out some of the things that, you know, you need to do a better job of. And there certainly will be probably a significant amount of things that we can, we sit back and say, boy, we, you know, we could have done this a little bit different or improve on this and take a deep dive into it, take your time doing it, um, and then kind of, when you get back in April 17th and start going through it, you try to implement those new things or corrections that need to be made or scheduling differences. Uh, but again, it's every year is such a new year, at least the, the 20 plus years I've been in the league. Um, again, you have a, half the team is usually different. So you don't just collect talent, you try to build a team. Um, and that's what we talk about all the time. There's certainly players that'll be out there, whether it's free agents, whether it's draft picks uh, that are talented players, but it's how you put together the team, how the team responds to adversity, how it comes together in the offseason, leading up to training camp, the things you do in training camp, all the things that you go through each season, that's what define a team early on the stages and you know how you, uh, you know, handle a lot of different things, the coaches, the players, the support staff. Uh, it's just a new year. You know, every year is a new year. You wish you could just, like I told the guys when they left, how much I appreciated their work and their commitment to the team. Uh, but unfortunately, you're all not going to be here. Uh, you wish you could just bottle it up and then bring it back April 17th and the people in the seats are there and, and everybody's kind of worked together, been through some tough times. But that's not the case. So however many new people are here, you got to you know, put them into your system. you got to bring them along. you got to build team chemistry. And every team that I've been part of has been different. Uh, not one team is the same. So uh, that's the beauty about this league is every year it's a new year for, for everybody. There's only four teams playing, uh, the four best teams in the league. Uh, they've all earned it. Uh, so every team that is you know, not holding that trophy at the end of the season, um, you know, it's a stinger. So you've got to try to figure out ways to uh, do a better job the next season. And, but it's such a new year, you know, Bob. It's, it's, every year is different, man. Every year I've been part of is different, you know. Been part of a Super Bowl team, and then didn't make the playoffs the next year. You know, so um, how we build our team and how we build the organization and continue to grow, I think all those things are important. But you know, the team itself that'll that'll all come together throughout the months of April, May, June, July, August, right into the regular season, like this did. Okay. All right, there you go, guys. There you go. The uh, the state of the Giants there with Joe Shane and Brian Dable, obviously. And Teak, listen, you're going to get this. A lot of references of getting together and figuring things out as a staff and plotting things out. Uh, the two things that jumped out to me, though, nothing unclear about their desire to bring back Daniel Jones. Not that we should be surprised by that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were very open, very candid, which I think you needed to hear today. 
about the sizable talent gap between where the Giants are right now and some of the other teams atop the NFC East. Yeah, no, that's that's true. You also heard UFAs a ton. That's unrestricted free agents that Joe Shane was referring to, and there's a bunch of them. Sterling Shepard is one. to be 30 years old next season. Saquon, DJ, Daniel Jones, Gates, Feliciano, Ellis, Nick Williams, Matt Breida, Casey Kreider, Jihad Ward, Tony Jefferson, Jamie Gillian, who had a pretty good year punting, uh, save for that Philadelphia early game, Richie James, Fabian Moreau, Marcus Johnson, O'Shane Zimenez, Julian Love, who we've had every week and we'll have again uh, later this week, and Darius Slayton. So there's some names on there that have been contributors, but as Brian Dable uh, said, I think three-quarters of these guys aren't going to be here next year. So I know you look at the free agents and you say they should be a priority because they know the culture, they're veterans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of these guys just aren't good enough to be back on this team next year if they want to be better than they were this season. And that's what they get paid to do, to get the Giants back to where the Giants, you know, have resided four times so far in their amazing history. They try to get number five. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think a lot of those names are gone. That's that's just the uh, the reality of the NFL and really pro sports in general. But with the contracts and the fluid nature, the injuries and mm-hmm. the shifting of, uh, you know, players and rosters, yeah, it, it's going to be different. And it's got to be. It has to be. You, yeah. can't, you can't you can't be stagnant. Are we the cliche? One of the many that we use in football is you're getting better, you're getting worse. If you stay the same, you're getting worse. That's right. All right, Teague, let's give everybody a chance to react to that. You heard from the GM. You heard from your head coach. 877-337-6666 is our number. Tiki and Tierney on the fan until 2. That is Cartner Roberts' turn. The Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, take it, Tilly, back on The Fan. So we heard from Joe Shane, we heard from Brian Dable. Now we get back to hearing from you, 877-337-6666 on this Monday uh, after the season wraps up, let's get back to it. See what's going on. Let's get uh, Alexander in Marlboro. What's up, Alexander? How are you, Alexander? You there? No. Uh, how about uh, Justin and Wayne? What's cooking there, Justin? What's going on, guys? Hey. Just uh, reacting to the presser. Yep. Um, just before I get to my point, I think it is increasingly evident that they are not bringing back Saquon. <laughs> I mean, just. Just hearing the way that he was talking about guys like Lawrence or Shepard versus how he talked about um, Saquon, he was saying, oh, you know, Dex played great for us. We'd love to have him back. He's going to be back this and that. He didn't say that about Saquon. Yeah, said he's a good player. worried about that. Didn't say great player. Yeah, he said he's a good, good player. player. He did say good. Multiple times. Yeah, good we, player. We, we hope to have everyone back this yeah. and that. Just, you know, that may be, so, that, that, just, that may just be deflationary negotiating tactics. Because they do that. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping. I, I hope so as well. I, love I hear you. <laughs> well, and by the way, Justin, it's an interesting observation. Keep in mind, though, they they met with Saquon's people during the season. Now, he wanted to right. go 14 mil, mm-hmm. and they apparently offered 12 or so. So, And, and at that point, you, Saquon could have asked for because he was leading the league in, or one of the top two or three in the league. Right before the shoulder point, got jacked up. And then he got hurt, yeah. um, and then he came back at the end. But there was that little lull where he was just kind of unavailable. And by the way, it's a running back and it's 17 games and he's not alone. Guys get a little bit banged up. I I just say that though, Justin, because while, yeah, I can see why it's it's a little easy to deduce, well, they didn't use the word great. They just said good. They're not fully committed to but they did offer him a long-term deal of $12 million a season. True, but it did sound intentional. Which is what I was going to say to pay him. I, I was around about three for 36 is what I was thinking Yeah, around that. So I think that'll make sense. It does. Time, as long as you lay it out right, you yeah, make yeah. it you, you make it bonus heavy so that it doesn't necessarily right. kill you cap-wise. Not too uh, much dead cap. Yep, that's exactly right. You don't want that dead cap and, so, he- and heavy heavy base salaries. That That's what gets you stuck. Right. So speaking of dead cap, I was looking at um, kind of like the Giants or the, the Cowboys and the Eagles kind of situations, just like if I'm evaluating the Giants ones too. The Cowboys and Eagles are absolutely screwed for the next couple of years, and this is why the Giants are going to win the division next year. Oh, interesting. The Cowboys, Go ahead. listen, the Cowboys <laughs> and Eagles both have about five mil to play with right now. Now, the Cowboys are paying Dak 49 and 52 mil 
the next two years. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how you can possibly recover from that. And they're losing guys like Pollard next year. They are going to be screwed paying Dak Prescott that much money. They can't get out of it. The, the dead cap is 89 mil this next year. I think it's about 50 the year after that. They are stuck with him the next two years. And he did not play that great. Yeah, I mean, we moving were just, on to the Eagles. Yeah, we were just talking about how he he's probably not a top ten quarterback right now. Dak mm. Prescott. Uh, he looked like a bottom ten quarterback yesterday. Yeah, Forget I, about being top ten. He looked among the worst in the NFL. He yeah, was awful. It's, it's hard to muster up any enthusiasm about a guy who missed five games and led the league in interceptions mm-hmm. and, and could have had five in the division around this past weekend against the yesterday easily yeah. easily and two of them. One was going in. One was coming out. Granted, the one that was going out only resulted in a field goal uh, for the for the 49ers. But, I mean, he played bad. He did. He played very, very – he played alarmingly bad. Yeah. You know, there's a game where you don't play well, and then there's a game where you play alarmingly bad. And I think it's the latter. I mean, listen, Philly – Philly's in the same spot. They got about $5 million in cap space as well. Okay. And, but there's some – there's just ways I think they can move off. Like Lane Johnson's getting a little bit older. Um Kelsey's getting a little bit older, but it, it depends on what happens. If they win a Super Bowl, there's going to be a, a like a reaction to run it back again and yeah. go back to back. So they'll compromise themselves to do it again. But I don't think that it's I don't think it's as hard because you know that their quarterback, who's still on a rookie deal, is 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 very valuable because he's not making as much money. Whereas yeah. the Cowboys have a quarterback making a ton of money and has a ridiculous dead number. Hey, listen, I'm not. Tiggy's not wrong. I mean that that's a big piece of the puzzle, and I'm not trying to just slant this. You know, well, we're in New York, and let me just throw out some some uh, positivity for Giant fans unnecessarily. Like I really mean what I'm about to say. Of the four teams in the division, uh, I really think that I would want to be outside of the Eagles mm-hmm. in the Giants' position more than Dallas and more than the Commanders. No doubt, the Commanders don't have a quarterback. The Giants do. Yep. Cowboys are paying for a quarterback who's never going to play commensurate to that contract. Mm-mm. So at least the Giants can kind of look at Dak as a bit of a cautionary tale, try to make that a little more palatable for them while they build up the rest of the roster. So the Giants are nowhere near the Eagles, but they're in a pretty good spot compared to the other other two teams, Agreed. I would think. I would, I would agree with that. that. That's a good take on where the teams are heading. Not where they are right now. Yes, because right now the Eagles are are great. The Cowboys were great this season. They won twelve games. No matter how bad they looked in the loss to, you know, the San Francisco, they won twelve games. But going forward, if Dak is just going to be this, they are not winning anything ever. They, they ain't trouble at that point. AJ's and Tom's River. What's up, AJ? How are you? What's up, AJ? Hey, Tiki Tierney. Uh, hey, uh, listen, I appreciate the candor of this press conference, but first off, I just wanted to let you know my family's been Giants season ticket holders since 1952. This is our 70th consecutive year, oh, so nice. we're lifers. That's awesome. Uh, a lot of the fans were disappointed with the team, Coach Dayball, with his fourth and eighth decision-making. But my take is that uh, Brian Dayball deserves consideration and should receive votes for Coach of the Year. Definitely. From there's the no, there's no doubt about it. Yep, yep. From the pre-season, preseason perspective, I was just hoping for six wins and improved Daniel Jones and a productive Saquon. And with the three previous head coaches, uh, McAdoo, Shermer, and Judge, fresh in my mind, nine wins, a playoff win over the Vikings is truly Dayball making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. So uh, <laughs> if you think one. about it, uh, Coach Dayball's season ended Saturday, <laughs> but the Sunday morning is now the beginning of Joe Shane's season. Yeah. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, no, Thanks it's, for it's a good call, call, AJ. You got Thank you, AJ. Thank you. You know, they, they usually – the coach of the year is usually the team that like heavily outpaces the expectation, and is or just win so many games and they fulfill or, the the or, talent exactly, and the expectation. or is just like dominant. Yeah. So to me, it's Brian Dable, O'Connell. I wanted to give him, but they were kind of smoke and mirrors. And mm. mm. talking about mm-hmm. Minnesota, they mm. were they were a lot of smoke and mirrors, and they had a good team the year before, uh, or or you know a pretty good team the year before. Um, the Sirianni is the one who could, you know, garner some interest here simply because of how dominant the Eagles were with Jalen Hurts was healthy. I mean, they lost two bad games. That was it. Not even bad because they really, they almost kept up with uh, the Cowboys in that game that they lost. I think it was 38 to 41, whatever it was. There was a ton of points scored in that game. They should have won even though Jalen Hurts wasn't playing. They basically had one bad weekend. With, with their full unit, starting quarterback, defense, everything, and that was when they lost to Washington. Other than that, 
they they've been the best team in football all season long, the Philadelphia Eagles. So Sirianni, who was just at average last year, made the playoffs, got smoked by the Buccaneers, had the best team in football this season, which mm. was which is a testament to him. All worthy candidates for sure. And Dables, uh, you just get the sense Dables going to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. He seems to fit us. Uh, I've got high expectations for him. I would vote for Kyle Shanahan mm. myself. You lose your starting quarterback, mm, yeah. and you basically never lose. Yeah, uh, I mean it's. Yeah, I, I would probably vote for him. But you'd trade for Chris McCaffrey. I understand. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he didn't have any help. Uh, it's just I, I don't know. I, it's a. It's gonna be a close one. Like there's no runaway. Is the point? No, there is no. You could runaway. say Dable. You could say Sirianni. It's, I could say gonna Shanahan. Be, it's gonna it's gonna a be, fair conversation. It's going to be a team that exceeded expectations heavily, like the Giants, or a team that was just so dominant all season long that you can't ignore them. And they they've won now eleven in a row. Is that what it is? They haven't lost in a long time. The San Francisco Fort. No, they haven't lost since October thirtieth. That's tough to ignore that. That's tough to ignore that. I mean, I mean come on. It's you know. really tough to ignore that. I mean, that. listen, Pete Carroll could even get a vote for winning some games with Gino. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to win, yeah, but like yeah. there there are, you know, there again, there's a lot of worthy candidates, and the Giants coaches, he's on the short list, Kyle, no doubt. Kyle Shanahan's a good call, though. I didn't mm-hmm. think I, I mean, I knew it that they had a long winning streak, but October 30th, that's week eight. It's a long time ago, T. <laughs> Yankees were playing. Yankees and Mets were still going. Just <laughs> about know. it, you know. 877-337-6666. Tiki and Tierney here on The Fan. We got you till 2. Cardinal Roberts on deck. Back to the Coles on a big Giants day here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 